Very good. Welcome back to another episode of the Play Big Podcast, where we're having conversations with people that are playing big in business, in life, and in finances. And today I have a distinct honor of having Shyla Bassey into the studio with us. So welcome to the studio. Thank you. I'm, I'm grateful to be here. Well, that's good. So let's start off by just who is Shyla Bassey? I love that. So Shyla Bassey, I'm born and raised in Tucson, Arizona. Um, I'm, I like to always say when I think about my journey, I remember wanting to get out of my hometown as fast as possible. <laughs> and for me, that ended taking me to Phoenix, Arizona, where I went to school at Arizona State University and began my journey in finance at that time. Wow. Started my career in corporate America working at the bank. And I remember my very first job when I became a teller. I was like, this is it. I'm going to be rich. Wow. <laughs> you saw rich. the money moving yeah, in. I got, saw, I got to see it all the time. I was like, I'm cashing checks. I'm counting cash. This is going to be it. Little did I know the journey that that would take me on and dedicated 12 years of my life uh, to not only traveling across the country, but my corporate career moved me across the country. Mm. Lived in Florida, lived in Texas for a couple of years and even experienced what my dream job at that time uh, felt like. And in 2018, I moved back to Arizona wow. from Texas. At that time, I was living in Houston, Texas, and I moved back for a new role, new opportunity to grow in my career. And I remember a short time after that, as we got into 2019, I said, I think I want more. Mm. I think I want more. And I remember asking myself, Shyla, are you chasing success or are you chasing significance? Wow. And to me, that question hit hard and hit home for me to really start thinking about the bigger picture of am I operating in purpose? So when I think about the question of who is Shyla, for me, I, my journey and my career has allowed me to open up doors to really impact people mm -hmm. and support people through finances, but also impact people through believing in themselves wow. by taking leaps of faith. And so that journey is what's brought me to where I am today to be able to say, I'm an entrepreneur. Yeah, <laughs> I get to awesome. help people build and improve their credit profiles. And that's how I got to who I am today um, and impacting people in that way. That's amazing. I want to go back to you wanting to get out of Tucson and... <laughs> Did, uh, going to college, so did did you? When did you first realize that you had an affinity or a desire? Did you study finance at Arizona State or some something around? I did. So my initial degree when I got accepted was a degree in accounting. Okay. And I took my first accounting one hundred and one class, and I said, "Well, I know there's got to be another way." <laughs> there's another category. <laughs> there's be another another way. category. So I still stayed in the business realm and transitioned to business and communication. So okay. I'm like, I enjoy business and I enjoy talking, we're going to make this work. And I ended up getting into banking my junior year of wow. college. And what, what, what about that sparked an interest in you? You said yeah, this, it led to yeah. something that you felt passionate about or that, that feeling, because I think a lot of people go to college, they really don't know, they, they don't know what they want to do, and mm -hmm. so they shift around. But it seems like you kind of had a general idea of what you do. And then when you, when you did get that first job, what was that, what did that, what was that feeling like for you? Yeah. So it, for me, it started more than anything in my childhood. My dad used to collect coins all the time. And an activity that we would do together is we would sort those coins. Mm. And so he had bought me one of those U.S. Map, yeah. US maps where you can, when we had the state designated uh, quarters. The little thing where you like put the coin in the cardboard. Yeah, thing. that was exactly yeah. it. So as soon as like a state designated quarter would come out, yes. that would be a, one of our activities. Let me go put my quarter. I got my Arizona quarter. Yeah. I got my Connecticut quarter. And so I was always touching money as a kid or he would, as he was collecting coins, we would count coins and wrap them together. Mm -hmm. So I was like always interested, like, hmm. hmm, of course, if I'm playing with coins, what does it look like if I'm playing with real money right. <laughs> and, 
there's jobs that do that. This is me as a kid. There's jobs I can play with money all day. And so by the time I, you know, navigated through my sophomore year of college, I'm like, well, man, it would be a big deal if I worked at a bank Hmm. that just at the time, it seemed like that's a good job to have work at the bank. It's stable. This is me in college. I still, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. You're thinking far ahead though. But I was thinking, I'm like, well, man, if I'm working near money, that means money will come to me if I'm working near it. Right. That's what my brain is thinking Mm -hmm. at that age. And I remember when I got the job, that's literally what I mentioned earlier was exactly what I thought. I'm going to be rich. Yes. I get to literally touch money every single day and have access to talking to people for a living. Mm. Had no idea where that starting point as a teller would take me. And I was grateful to see that career of mine kind of accelerate at a pace that I wasn't even like fully ready for, but it was just like, I kept being placed in positions to grow Mm. and the doors kept opening for me just by being me. Right. And uh, did you ever fill out the map? Okay. So here's what happened. (laughs) (laughs) Some quarters did not come out on time. (laughs) And by that point I was out of the house. And so that my U.S. map is in my in my hometown, in my it's mom's somewhere house. Somewhere there with some states missing. <laughs> For sure. Maybe, maybe we can get it. Maybe yeah. we can get it filled up. When you started at the bank, what what was it? You also mentioned that you also like talking to people. Where where does that come from? How how early? Because some people really enjoy talking to people. Some people really hate talking to people. Yeah. But where's where's that joy for you come from? I would have to say it comes from really participating and helping my mom with her job. And so growing up, she basically worked in the community service space and helping families get jobs, helping them get access to diapers, food, clothing, other things that they would need to just get by. And so she was very community service oriented. And along with that, I grew up in our church where we would feed the homeless every second and fourth Saturday. So although I wasn't able to cook, I could help. I could go pass out plates, say hello. That's where it started for me, the foundation of just being at that time extroverted and just connecting with people. Right. And between what she did for a living, plus how ingrained church was into our upbringing, mm-hmm. that's where I naturally was just talking to people and all what, the time. What 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 does that feel like or inside? Some people try to help homeless people or mm-hmm. people that are in need just because they want to check off a box and say like they're doing something, something good. But it seems like it's something that actually... Again, I'll just use the word ful- fulfilling. Yeah. Uh, there's something about that that is fulfilling. For what? What did you learn about yourself, or what did you learn about other people's willingness to accept help? Yeah, ooh, that's two good questions. To me, the first thing that stands out, the reason it was fulfilling for me, is because I have access to something that right now they don't. Right. And the things that I was taking for granted, like the access to a meal, mm-hmm. we have the opportunity to serve them with something that. They just don't have. Mm. So for me, it felt good because it's like, man, I'm really helping someone or even just giving the plate to someone that I can go home and have three of these with no question. So was that was something where I was like, what else would I be doing? Mm. Like, why would I not use the resources that my mom, my family has given me to just come here and help and give people that access? And I think on the flip side of that, for them to even be willing to come into a church home. Right. And get access because that can be feel embarrassing. One hundred percent. Um, but for me, it was just like we all will experience life. We never know how it's going to hit us. And at some point, although asking for help is the hardest thing for any of us, I'll speak for me. That can be the hardest thing right. to do. I just think it's it was it's a humble decision to walk in and just say, "I need a plate." Mm. You don't have to talk to anyone. 
they can just sit there in peace, eat their food, and move on. Mm-hmm. But it just takes being humble to be willing to ask for something that right. can help them. What did What did you learn about most people in that scenario that were coming in? Was it always the same people that are coming in, or you just your eyes opened up or your heart opened up to man? There is so many people. Really, that- the yeah, the latter. There's so many people because I remember every other week it would be different people i didn't i necess, i didn't really even remember mm. some of the people because it would be new faces because we would feed every second and fourth saturday mm. and as the the word got out about what the church was doing different faces would find out some weeks you'd have 70 people some weeks you'd have 100 people that would come and to me it was sometimes families sometimes you see individual men or women just show up by themselves and it their stories were all different mm as to how they got into the circumstances that they are that they were in at that right. time. But I wouldn't say there was any specific pattern. It was yeah. just like they knew that they would have a hot, fresh, and That's delicious cool. meal yes. <laughs> if they came and, there. And delicious. And delicious. That was key. That'd <laughs> <laughs> be good. Keep the people coming. When you started progressing in your business journey with with the bank, yeah. and you said, oh, I was just by virtue of being yourself, explain to me what where you learned that or where that comfortableness for you comes from because i think some people fight or they don't know really who they are or they get a job and then they become somebody that they're really not or they act like i need to be this sort of person how what was that for you that you just are so fine with you yeah that you trust you yeah uh, that tell me about that because it seems amazing the first few positions, at least in how banking worked when I started, was a teller and a banker. And the key attributes of those roles is you've got to build rapport to build a connection with the client. Right. And I was, I was like, when I learned that that was a responsibility, that was in order for me to get my paycheck, yes. <laughs> right? I had to do well at my job is what my mind was telling me. And I feel like what allowed me to be comfortable was that I truly had control of the conversation. Mm. So I could... If I wanted to say, ask everyone, how's your day going? I got bored with that. If I'm talking to 70 to 100 clients in one day, cashing or depositing checks. So I might change it up. And what made it comfortable was complimenting someone else. Which is one of the first things you did when walking down the hall. You're like, man, I like your shoes. (laughs) Because I said, if, if I'm their only and or their first or last interaction of today, I have the ability to make a positive impact just by this short interaction. Where did, where did you learn that from? It must've been coaching from my managers. I'm like, I don't even think I can connect it to like one thing, but I do know that we were encouraged to build rapport right. and build trust with this other person who's on the other side of the counter for right. us. Especially when I remember transitioning into banker roles, now I need someone to trust me to support them with their next step of their financial decisions right. or get them connected to the next right person. And the only way I could do that is ask the right questions mm. to actually uncover, well, what is their need and what would be beneficial to them? Right. So it Did came you, through practice. Through practice. And yeah, that, I mean, that's awesome. It's amazing. You got an awesome demeanor about you. It's very calming. It's yeah, it's very peaceful. What, what, what do you think most people's feelings are when they come into a bank and <laughs> they need to sit down with a, with a <laughs> banker and then they start pulling up their bank accounts and they're like, oh man, I hear it's like pulling the curtains back oh, on reality. Yeah. Tell, tell me about it. I know for certain <laughs> that for, especially if their intent is not to just come in and open a bank account, 
it is definitely unsettling and a little uncomfortable because you you don't really want people to know what's going on with your finances. It's it's always been one of those things where it's been kept a secret. Right. But it's like we know that we need a bank to hold our funds in that capacity. And so I remember whether standing in the front and greeting clients and it's like, well, I need to come in and do whatever it is. Even sometimes their (laughs) their voices would lower. It's like, it's okay. We'll get you with the right banker that can help you with that. But it always depended on the, the the need as to why they were there. It's kind of the demeanor of how they felt sitting in the lobby waiting right. for their moment. <laughs> right. It was like going to the doctor's office. Yeah. Like, man, I don't know it's if like, I, I want to go I'm get okay. a test. Right. <laughs> yeah. I Do I look good? Is my blood good? <laughs> yeah. When you first got the opportunity, where did you go? Florida first or Texas first? So at first, after Arizona, I went to Florida first. Florida first. And yeah. when you first got that opportunity... Because you'd always lived in Arizona yep. up to this point, and so now you get an oppor- opportunity, get a, get a new opportunity, but it's in a new state. Mm-hmm. What what was the, was that a hard decision for you? Was it an easy decision, or just the like you want to get out of Tucson? You want to I could have ever made primarily because that desire to leave mm-hmm. was still there. Wow. I was like, I think I just got to get through college, and then I'll go. Right. And as I I graduated, and a year later I was out, hmm. and I told myself the worst case scenario is I move back home. That's right. That's the worst case scenario. So I'm like, I really don't have much to be afraid of. Because if it doesn't work, I know I've got a home to come back to. And it was, for me, a liberating experience because I will always say my life is a series of leaps of faith. Hmm. And that was one where I was like, I'm leaving everything that I know and I'm going out to take a leap of faith to try something different. Ultimately the same, but just in a totally different environment where no one knows who I am. And I've got to literally start over. How do, can you explain that process to me or uh, like the internal dialogue or how you um, are okay with taking a leap of faith? People, sometimes they have dreams or aspirations yeah. and, you know, a statement like if the worst thing that can happen, I can just move back home. Uh, and that can be satisfying to someone, but it's the moving away part, mm-hmm. not knowing if it'll work out or if it's exactly what they should be doing. And then like this whole what if scenario can happen of all the bad things yeah. that could happen. Explain to me your process for taking a leap of faith. What, is it, what does that look like for you internally in an internal yeah. dialogue? It's funny, as you describe the what ifs of the what could happen and go wrong, I, my brain is wired to think of the what ifs that could happen if it goes right. Amazing. I don't know why that's the case, that's but all, that so is. Awesome. I remember thinking about in taking that leap, I'm like, well, what if I have an opportunity to get a bigger location? Mm. What if I get an opportunity to manage more people? What if I get a chance to become a district manager? Oh, I get to be by the ocean. <laughs> I'm thinking of all, all right. these great, beautiful things. And so I think in making the decision, I did actually, I remember writing out like a pros and cons, the pros of going, pros of not going, okay. or excuse me, pros and cons of, of going or not. And for me, the pros, but I was like, what's the risk of if I don't? Wow. I love that. Yes. I'll never find out never the know. positive side on the other, exactly on the other right. end. You'll I'll never, never know. know. You'll never know. Yeah. And then you live with regret. A lot of people yeah. do live with, with regret, especially later in their life. Yep. Not knowing. So then you move from Florida, you moved to Texas. I did. What was that like? Oh, that's, I that's, loved it. Oh, you so loved it. It was a big difference, I, right? Between. Big difference. And so Florida, it's a very diverse state. So you're getting people from all over the world that are all kind of in pl- one place in South. I was in South Florida. And when I moved to Florida, it was like, or moved to Texas, excuse me. It was like being welcomed with big open arms like welcome home honey like we're just so glad to have you here like that was the culture and the feeling when I got to Texas and I started in Austin and I was in Austin for two years and then went to Houston (laughs) and was in Houston for two years so once again it was another easy 
leap of faith for me because I'm like, worst case scenario, I come back to Florida. Right. Because now I've built community in Florida right. where I'll be fine. And I was going into Texas knowing that I had the support of the leader who had hired me to take on that role. And Very it was cool. a big responsibility. I was That was my pivot from being a branch manager to being a district manager mm. and leading other branch managers to experience success. And what what was that like? <clears throat> Sorry. That's okay. What was that? What was that? Man. I'm going to have to pause for a minute. <laughs> I think a peanut went down my mm -mm. <laughs> a long yeah. lost peanut that didn't go down my trap. Hey, that happened? Yeah. <laughs> Later, really? Murder my coffee. Wow. That peanut was stuck. Your time. <clears throat> I think it's really stuck in there. Let me see if my voice is back. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Long lost peanut got stuck in my throat. So you were down in <clears throat> Texas and what, what was that movement like from going, going into leadership to start to educate and coach other people? Yeah, I was definitely in the beginning intimidated because I'm like, oh man, I've, I have managed and coached people who were older than me previously, but I'm like, now I'm going into a leadership role where I'm also now, again, managing leaders. It's not just managing team, right. I'm managing leaders who uh, may even have, that be, may be older than me. And that for me at the time was intimidating. Mm. I'm like, well, man, they've been a branch manager for 25 years. Right. I haven't even been in my career for 10. Yeah, you know, just right. things like that was, I felt myself going through this cycle of potentially what could go wrong. Right. But I was like, wait a minute, I was hired for a reason. Mm. I was hired because I demonstrated my ability to be able to do it in my branch location now the goal is, Shyla, how do you duplicate that success and encourage others to do the same? Mm. And I remember as a new leader in, in that type of capacity, I'm like, I went from managing a branch where the team was my responsibility. Now I'm like, oh, I've got eight branches wow. that are my responsibility. Mm -hmm. um, and so I remember going into that environment with the mindset of everyone's opinion matters. I brought into the, the team the culture of we need a team model. Mm. What do we stand for as a district? Mm -hmm. What do we want to be known for as a district? What this team was known for in the past, is that the same story you all want to tell? Mm. Or do we want when people say, or hear this district, they are the, mm. they are the this, they are the that. And so I remember building camaraderie amongst the leadership team. And that's where we started. Who do we want to be known as? Right. And we built that culture. Okay as a starting point. And cult culture is, is so important to, to a lot of things. How, how receptive were people in the very beginning, especially the people who maybe were older, um, maybe felt like they got passed up an opportunity. Yeah. But when you start talking about what do we want to be known for, then everyone has a voice, a very inclusive message. When you're building culture, culture is a hard thing to, to create. It's easy to talk about. It's very difficult to do. What were some challenges that you faced and wanting to build a culture, and then how did you overcome them? Yeah, I would say the the challenges I faced was for this team, they just weren't, they didn't have the best experience prior to. Mm. So I definitely had to come in from a space of building their morale, building their own self-confidence that they were capable of being successful in their roles. And then also even their teams, they had just been used to being known as 
the bottom, mm. ultimately, just not successful. And so for me, building trust was my number one priority mm -hmm. and wanting them to know that I'm not here to come berate you in the process. I want you to feel confident that you're capable to be the next district manager right. of this market. Right. And so that's where it started. Individual one-on-ones with each of those leaders, even just going and, I say, hanging out in their branches right. and just being present right. and not someone that would, when Charlotte comes, everybody yeah, hide. Yeah, right? watch out. All right, everybody hide. No, I want to see you all do what you do best. Right. If there's feedback that needs to be given, we'll provide it. Mm. And that was how the culture started. It was started with the leadership team. And then I did the same thing with their team members. Wow. I remember receiving feedback numerous times where they were like, Shyla, my tellers enjoy it when you come here. Hmm. Shyla, my branch, my, my bankers enjoy it when you come here. Hearing that feedback for me was because I've been there. Mm -hmm. I remember what it felt like right. to be a teller. It's a fun job when you make it fun. Right. I remember what it was like to be a banker. You can have the best time with your clients when you really care about what's important to mm -hmm. them. And then I'm like, I remember being a branch manager because I was just one three days right. ago, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> I really so, relate. <laughs> so I understood each role. And so I could ultimately meet them where they are and provide guidance, advice, or feedback to support the leaders to do the same thing. Was there any moment in that process where you felt like I'm not cut out for this or? Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That those Those moments and feelings definitely ebbed and flowed because I, of course, went in with the desired goal that I'm like, I know here's what's possible right. for me to be able to accomplish with this team. And I know that success doesn't happen overnight. Correct. So the time had to be put in place. The, the, the boundaries or the just levels, levers of success had to be put in place. Mm. And it didn't have to be a big win. Right. But it could be, man, if your team goes from this to this, that's a win. And all of those progressive steps is what led to, over time, our team there's some good successes that come. But yeah. I, I, the, the big one I'm proud of is we became one of the top customer experience teams wow. in the country. In the country. Amazing. And they were used to being at the very bottom. Right. And that was the culture I brought over. So what, what does that feel like when that happens or you get recognized for accomplishing something like that? Oh, it was humbling because I'm like, we did it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I was here, I was a vessel, but right. it was really y'all in the branches right. that had to create a better experience for your clients and your customers told you that they were happier. Right. That has everything to do about them believing in themselves, believing in their teams and implementing the simple strategies. And so for me, someone's told me this before and I'm still working on it. They said, Shiloh, you need to take the time to smell the roses. One of my branch managers told really? me that. Take the time to smell the roses. And what he meant by that is, you are, you've helped us cultivate and create success. You deserve to just take a moment to feel recognized. Right. So I guess for me, how it felt in the moment was like, I expected this of y'all. Y'all are amazing. <laughs> I knew that right. this would happen. All right. What's our next win? <laughs> right. <laughs> to be honest, that's yes. it kind of, I, I celebrated, then we moved on. Like, and what's the next win next we can thing. all have together? And uh, tell me about you. You said something very important. The very beginning, uh, maybe this is around the time that you're now deciding to leave the bank and go out yeah. on your own and be an entrepreneur. But you use two words that I think are extremely mm -hmm. important to the question that you ask yourself is, am I pursuing this because I, I'm chasing after success or significance? Explain to me the, yeah. the it's a powerful statement yeah. that you said. And I think, I think people get trapped mm -hmm. uh, going after the wrong one. Yeah. But explain to me what, what those two things are to you and why they're like opposite. Yeah. So for, you. for 
for me in that, I'll, even just thinking about that season, just takes me back. I remember feeling like, man, I just had my dream job. I got transitioned to another role. I know I can do it, but I'm like, I'm not as fulfilled mm. as I was before. So I'm like, am I doing it just because I'm good at it? Or am I doing it because I love it? Mm -hmm. And that it's filling my cup up the same way right. that it previously did. And so for me at the time, success was I'm getting a new job. I'm getting promotions. I'm moving right. across the country. My income's increasing. Right. But I'm like, if, if I get home and at the end of the day, I'm like, hmm, something's missing. Mm -hmm. Not as things are happening for me, but I'm like, there's still something missing. That's where I, the, the question was, well, what is my purpose? What's, what would significance in having my cup filled look like? Mm. And when I, I remember asking the question, am I chasing success and significance? I'm like, oh, it's a clear, I'm chasing success. Mm -hmm. What's going to be the next big win right. that I can help this team with so that it helps me elevate in my career? Right. And I'm like, I know there's more. Mm. I know there's more. Literally, I prayed about it for the longest time. And so I'm like, well, what does it look like to chase significance, purpose, fulfillment? And I said, well, only way to find out is to go find out. Right. That leap of faith, right? <laughs> that leap of faith. And so I'll never forget what it felt like for me to actually put in a notice. And I'll, I have to share the build-up story yeah, because, it. you know, being in leadership, I've had people, you know, turn in their two weeks notice. I've had, unfortunately, to let people go right. over the course of that time. And But I'm like, I've never quit a job. Right. I've never quit. Yeah, It's how I felt. So I was like Googling it. How do you quit a job <laughs> and not burn a bridge? <laughs> how do you quit a job and ultimately trying to determine, like, how does that work? Right. And I remember putting in my notice to my, my boss at that time. And I remember one of the key things it said was, don't get emotional. Mm. I'm like, okay, got it. Just I give the notice, move on. Got it. I remember sharing with my leader, hey, let's meet up before our visits today. And when I shared the news with her, she got emotional. Oh, wow. Caught me completely yeah. off guard. But she, you know, as a leader, what is it me? Is it the job? Right. Is it the income? It, what is it? And I said, ultimately, this is a me decision. And I shared with her my, my reasoning as to I got to go find my why. I got to go find I'm chasing significance. In other right. words, I communicated with her. And as I started sharing with leaders that I was leaving, they're like, Shyla, I wish I had the courage. Hmm. I wish I had the courage to do the same. Hmm. And for me, that was a validation. The only way I'm going to go find out is to go find out. Right. And this journey post, post leaving my career has been just that. How do I find opportunities or put myself in a position to leave an impact, fill my cup while filling others' cups, and support people in their journeys of figuring out the same? Right. Because even in sharing that news with previous coworkers, that was the common theme. I wish I had the courage. Mm hmm to go figure out what I actually want to do. Where did, where did you learn, that's, that's so powerful, where did you learn the process of self-awareness like that and mm -hmm. contemplate, contemplating, you know, seriously, con yeah. con contemplation. So you also took the time to, to pray for, explain. tell me your process for uh, getting to a moment of uh, clarity for you where you're like, okay, yes, this is, yeah. this is I'm self-aware of something. Some people become self-aware, but they don't do anything about mm -hmm. it. What's that process like for you that it moves you to then I'm going to make a decision on it? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Just in you asking that question, it made me think of like, when did I even start my personal development journey as far as like filling my mind with books aware. and stuff? And I'm like, that didn't come till 
I became an entrepreneur. Wow. All of this came from like, I remember just doodling things in my notes on my iPhone, just like journaling. Wow. Okay. Ultimately. And I remember like sometimes my journal entries would be the trigger for me to think about, well, what's next? Mm. What am I supposed to be doing? How was today? Why did this interaction make me feel that way? Mm. Where that came from, I've got to be honest and just say, I think just clearing my thoughts. Yeah. Like, I don't, no one really guided me in that process. That's so amazing. Which is very, it, it's interesting now that I think about it. it I is. had leaders and bosses who were very helpful in my person, you know, in my career development. Right. But I don't think anyone, I don't want to take away from someone that may have played a significant role in my life as far as that, that self-awareness that part, right. part. But I think for me, it just came from making sure I got out of my head and mm -hmm. put those thoughts on paper. That's a, that's a cool process. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Getting, putting it down and going back and re-reviewing it. And yeah. uh, a lot of times people don't give themselves time. That's it. Right. Time to sit and analyze what what am I thinking? Yeah. But you also said something important in there is like, how did it make me feel? You know, I think there's a big difference between your thoughts and your emotions. I think your emotions yeah. drive your thinking. And so that's a very cool uh, practice that mm -hmm. is actually practical. I think you can help a lot of people yeah. in understanding self-awareness and being okay yeah. with making a decision for yourself if you've gone through a process. Yeah. And it's interesting because I'm like, we spend more time in our head thinking yes. <laughs> than anything else. Right. And so it's like the answers to the questions that I'm sure many of us have, we've already had the thought. We probably have already thought through the solution. Correct. We just haven't taken action on it. Right. hundred percent. And it's like, if we can get those thoughts out of our head and actually like turn them into an action, mm -hmm. not saying we have to react and do all of them, but it's like, once you lay it all out, like, really, I really thought about all of this. Yeah. Look how powerful <laughs> Over I am. time. Right. And, and I'm like, even the decision to, to take a leap of faith to leave corporate, that didn't happen overnight. Right. That was multiple months of churning. What does it look like if I left? Mm. What does it look like if I stay? Right. And everything in between. <laughs> right. That's right. What do I want to do when I grow up? <laughs> That's right. Still ask that question. Yes. Yes. When you, when you started going... So you leave, you walk out the door, uh, explain to me how, how to, <laughs> what, you didn't want to be emotional in, right. in, in the moment, but were you emotional after when it was just you and you oh, sitting there? Well, tell definitely. me about that. Tell me about how you felt then. Yeah. That day, of course, I had to keep my game face on because right. my manager and I, mind you, I shared the news before our day got started and we still had a normal day right. <laughs> to, so go to go through the branch visits and things like that. But I remember when I got home, I was just like, I did it. Mm. And for me, I, I also was gracious enough. I gave like a three and a half week notice, right. almost four, mm -hmm. because I was like, I know the work I've started. I know what work can happen once I leave, but I want to make sure I leave my leadership mm -hmm. in a position to be successful right? and not like, okay, now we got to put meetings together. Where's Shiloh? <laughs> we know she's gone. But I remember feeling happy, confident that I made the decision. Wow. That's so cool. I wasn't, the fear at that point was already gone because right. I typed up the letter. Right. Fear was gone because I'm like, I know I'm doing it. That's right. And once I delivered, I was like, it truly was relief. Like mm -hmm. I did it. That's cool. Let me tell you, I'll tell you where it did settle in was when my notice was over and I was already, the, you know, handed in my keys. I remember the week after I was sitting in my living room looking at my TV screen, which was off. Right. And I said, I don't have a job. <laughs> I don't need to be anywhere. I don't have anywhere I need to be right now. 
a job. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that, that's when it hit me like, oh, I really got to figure out what's next. Right. And I was grateful that I didn't necessarily need like multiple months. I, I When I share the story, I always say I'm one of those ones that you uh, left my job to go find myself. I just didn't write the article. Right. I didn't necessarily leave my job for that purpose. It was more so I knew there was something greater. Mm. And I didn't take a lot of time. People ask, like, Charlotte, did you take a sabbatical? Did right. you travel? I'm like, I traveled already. Right. I didn't travel during that time. Weirdly enough, the t- the place that I spent the most time during my two months off of uh, a job was I hung out at Barnes & Noble. Mm. That's when my That's personal... Where- Development wow. journey truly started getting interested into self-help books. Right. And so that's amazing because there's, it's amazing that you say that. There's been so many moments in my life, yeah. especially many, many, many years ago. I found refuge in a Barnes & Noble. Yeah. You go there and get a coffee and just take a book uh-huh. and sit down and read and just watch people. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, it's a content, content kind, of a- <laughs> it was kind of therapeutic. <laughs> Those of you that are out there, you need some therapy. You can just yeah. go to a Barnes & Noble and hang out and probably find some cool people there. For sure. But uh, what, what what was the personal development books that caught your attention the most? Yeah. Anything that was so like, I'll, I'll never forget reading the book Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. Mm. And I was in that season. I knew I'm ready to be a student because I literally mm. I like to say I closed the door on the identity of Shyla at the bank. And I'm like, oh, we're opening a new door where it's yeah. like hmm, we don't know exactly what's on that side. But Secrets of the Millionaire Mind was one that just changed my thinking on okay, I can build something on my own. Mm -hmm. I remember also think, remember the book, The Power of Positive Thinking. Mm -hmm. I remember reading that book that was helpful and like, okay, I can control my thoughts. I can control not always the outcome, but I can control my input and Mm -hmm. what I do. And it was books like that. I was like, once I find one, oh, finish that, go to the next one. And that's when I had actually at the time gotten my real estate license. I feel like everyone that leaves their careers goes yeah. to get their thing something to do. Heading, <laughs> something to do. Heading towards. I was ready. Go ahead. Adding towards yeah, being a real estate <laughs> mogul. Exactly. <laughs> I can build my empire. At the, I, I indulged a ton in YouTube videos, yeah. and so at the time I was following a gentleman on YouTube, where I was like, I'm so fascinated by this wholesale industry. Real estate's gonna be right. it. I can find purpose in real estate. I can help people purchase homes. That's where it started. And yeah, that's where the journey began from a personal development. I'm like, wow, in order to help more people, I also got to develop myself. Hmm. Did you, when you, when you left, you were living in Texas, did you move back to Arizona or you started this journey in Texas? This journey started in Arizona. Oh, okay. So I'll fill in the blank on a little piece of the story. I had achieved my dream job at that time when I was living in Houston, Texas. So my move from Austin to Houston was because I had taken a leap of faith, applied for a role far sooner than any other person. Wow. Meaning I had just moved to Austin and we'll say 20, was it 2014? Mm-hmm. And I got this role in 2016. Wow. So I was still the newest district manager, applied for what was at the time a customer experience leader role. Mm-hmm. I'm like, customer experience, yeah, that's my that's jam. Me. Like, that's, that's my jam. Me. My team's amazing. And I applied for the role, not even with the intention of getting it. Mm. I remember telling my leader, the only way I'll know what to expect is to go and try. Right. And so I put my name in the hat. That's what yes. I said. I'm going to put my name in the hat and see. What see. Happens. Of course, I get the role. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> at this point, I'm leaving Houston, moved to, or excuse me, leaving Austin and moved to Houston. That role, unfortunately, got eliminated. So it created a space for me to think. Mm. They offered me something to stay in, in Houston, mm-hmm. a different marketing role. I'm like, well, 
it's not exactly what I want to do. And then an opportunity came up in Arizona. Wow. So ultimately, Back this to Arizona. all happened in Arizona. And I think it was the timing of it was, man, I'm pivoting from my, my peak to, huh, this role I can do, but it's not right. what I'm excellent at. Right. And that's what created time to think, am I operating just to achieve new levels of success yeah. or am I significance? significance? Yes. And so did you get into real estate then? Did, did you ever get your license? Got I did. Real estate, commercial real estate or residential? Uh, residential is Resident? where I started. Yeah. yeah. Did you enjoy it? Or once you started, you're like, hmm. No, I, I still even still to this day enjoy residential real estate. I do a lot more referrals mm -hmm. than anything, but I'm, I'm holding on tight to my license <laughs> because I, I took the time to gain the knowledge. That's and right. The, it's funny. I'm like all things finance. I had my series seven and 63 licenses wow. for the last role I had yeah. before I left the company. And I, I decided to let those go. OK. Yeah. You have to renew those. Right. I was Stay like, up on it was also things. my fault. I'm like, I should have hung them somewhere <laughs> because I'm like, yeah, they could have came in. Got to pass those exams, too. Yeah. So getting getting into real estate, how, how did that venture into what you're doing now and explain a little bit yeah. about what you're doing now? Absolutely. And so. When I started in real estate, it was just working for a wholesale investment company where, again, I'm communicating with buyers, right. investors that are looking to purchase homes. And that was my role. I was a dispositions director supporting investors, getting the homes that they desired. And I enjoyed it. It was mm -hmm. fun. But I knew it was just a, a catapult to get right. me to something different. And I'll never forget when I made my first post on social media uh, that, hey, I'm a realtor. You know, I had my right. cute pose yeah. and everything that I could help people purchase and, and sell homes. And I remember my inbox getting inundated with, Shala, congratulations, I want to buy a home, but mm. I want to buy a home, but I had an eviction. I want to mm. buy a home, but my credit score is a 350, whatever right. the numbers right. were at that time. And to be honest with you, in that moment, I didn't have any solutions mm. because I'm like, I had banking knowledge. Right. Well, you can get a secure card. You can pay down your credit card. Right. The simple things that I knew. And then I started diving into and learning more about there's a credit industry. Mm credit education is a thing. Mm. And in the beginning of January of 2020 is when I paired and added credit education to my real estate business. And wow. I'm like, well, if I help clients, I don't want to turn anybody down. Right. And that's where the evolution of Bassey Solutions came from. I'm like, I want to provide solutions. That's awesome. Meet people where they are, not have them go through a process and not feel like home ownership is a possibility. Right. Because that's the Probably the leading thing that most of my clients desire is to become a homeowner. Mm. And so that's where the journey in credit education began. And I had a ball on social media, <laughs> truly. <laughs> so I, I started in the credit space right before the pandemic. That's awesome. It was good timing. Good timing. Yeah, so good I built a uh, majority of my business online via social mm -hmm. media, building connections, going live, having conversations about things that none of us were truly taught. And I just had right. a lot of fun with it. That's cool. And still to this day, I've used social media as a medium to right. just share valuable information. That's awesome. What, a, what is it? it this reminded me of like when you were talking about the feeding families in uh, the church or where mm -hmm. you're feeding the families uh, in the community. Is it kind of the same experience as someone's got bad credit or that they, they want to buy a home or they're half embarrassed or yeah. don't want to share a story. Explain to me what that process is like for you and for them. Yeah, that's very common, actually, where I, I can hop on a conversation or a call with someone and they're like, I don't want to tell you what the score is. And mm. I'm like, this is a safe place. Right. The only way to get to the next step is you got to share where you are now so we can help with a plan. Right. And 
finances is one of those things because it just wasn't cultivated in conversations for many families mm -hmm. growing up. We become adults and it's like we feel like we have to keep it a secret right. and struggle in silence when in reality there's help available. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel in the way in which I have positioned my, my brand online, it's just start with a conversation. Right. No, I'm not here to judge you. Mm -hmm. I'm just here to provide you resources right. and access to things that can get you closer to your goal. Right. And for me, I think because of my natural I think conversations and ability for my career. I always say I, I pay homage to my career because that yeah. gave me the confidence on how to navigate a consultation mm -hmm. and speak with someone one on one. And I'm like, well, thank goodness, or That's thank right. God, right? Truly for the gifts, yeah. the preparations mm -hmm. that my career supported me with as a business owner. And for me, I'm like, there's no circumstance or situation that I don't feel like I can just empathize in the moment with mm -hmm. my clients to help them feel comfortable to take action to do something mm -hmm. because everybody's going through something. Correct. And it's like every client that I speak with has a goal. Mm -hmm. And it's just a matter of how soon do they want to get there? Right. Do you want to keep waiting and hoping that right. it changes? And or hiding. do you want to yeah. take action and put yourself in a position to actually reach what you want? Right. I mean, knowledge is something that can, I mean, it sets people free of their willingness to, yeah, mm -hmm. have a real conversation yeah. and uh, just say how it really is because yeah. they know how it really is. Yeah. Explain to some things again. In, in that world, what are some things that you would think would be helpful for someone to understand about credit? Yeah. Or if they don't even know anything about credit, just some simple things that may help them. If they are looking for wanting to buy their first home or they have a home and they're going to move or they have to move or something were to happen or if something has happened to them in their life. What are some things that simple things that they could be doing? Yeah, I always love starting with just the foundation. The more that people know about just even how their credit score is calculated can change everything. Mm. And I've seen it happen where no matter the, the income level of a client I may assist, it's just they don't know how the score is even calculated. Right. Where do the numbers come from? And I always like to share two nuggets about credit because it's always the best place to start. And it's because the two largest categories on our credit is payment history and credit utilization. Mm. Those two are 65% wow. of our score. Nearly 300 points of our score are just from those two categories. Wow. And so I always say, if you take a look at your payment history, have you had late payments, collection, medical bills, right. et cetera? If you take the time to just focus on creating a better story about your payment history, that's going to grow your score. Mm -hmm. If you focus on paying down your credit cards or opening your very first card, right. that's going to grow your score. Right. You don't even have to add anything else. But if you focus on those two things, you can do it. You can do a lot with your All credit right. score. And I think because there's so much information about credit, I always say I'm like, it's become so complex when it can be really simple right. with simple strategies. I think a lot of people kind of have that analysis paralysis. And it's like, well, where do you start? Mm -hmm. Start with the, the two biggest things that are going to impact your credit. Report. Right. So are you are you feeling yourself that you are in the significance of that? of the decision that you made and what, what is, how, how do you feel right now? And what, yeah. what do you want to do next? Ooh, that's a good question. So right now I feel, I feel comfortable. I feel like I'm still scratching the surface hmm. of where I'm supposed to be and who I'm becoming. I think that as I lean into the gifts that I feel like I've been given, the, the next opportunity and new opportunities present themselves. Right. So I, I don't feel like I've, 
I've made it. This right. is it. I don't. I still don't feel that, but I feel like I'm on the right path. Very cool. And I feel like everything that I've done up until this point is leading to leading me to the next step. Awesome. And I feel like the gift and the vision that I've, I I know the Lord has provided to mm-hmm. me, and He's shown me, and I know I haven't achieved it yet. So I'm like, I still have work to do. He's good about that. Yeah. I know I still that. have work to yeah, do. He's good about giving giving you the vision that may, maybe only you can see. Yeah. But good for you for being faithful in your journey towards it and yeah. constantly becoming better and and chasing. I really honor you in chasing your fulfillment and significance. I think most yeah. people get trapped by chasing something else, and I think people go after happiness as mm-hmm. opposed to fulfillment. Right. Fulfillment's a big is totally different because. It's not like you're happy all the time, but you can mm-hmm. be fulfilled in in bad moments or in difficult yeah. times because you know that you're doing what God had created you to do uniquely for you. That's it. And congratulations for you for keep chasing after what I undoubtedly God's put it put inside That's, of you. Yeah. Where can people go to find out more information about you if they want to know if they're struggling with their credit or real estate or just anything in particular? Where can yeah. people go to find out more information yeah. from you? So I'm omnipresent. <laughs> I'm all over social media <laughs> yeah. at Bassy Solutions. That can be TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook at Bassy Solutions. I'm also available, of course, via email. If you do info at BassySolutions.com, you're more than welcome to, to send over a message. But I'm everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not hiding from social media. You. No, you're out there. <laughs> all right. I'm going to have you do the an honor that we have. We You see all the stickers here. We talked about the stickers with yeah. uh, everyone that comes and speaks to get to write either a quote or a word or just sign their name and that's good enough too but you get to have the honor of leaving your mark like on it. the table so let's do it phenomenal it says <laughs> faith over fear faith over fear <laughs> now you get to find the spot that you want to plant it forever let's see here perfect spot right here awesome Thank you so much for coming into our studio. I love, I really enjoy the conversation. You have a awesome demeanor about you. You you are definitely purpose driven. And I love the fact that you take leaps of faith and uh, honoring God and everything that you do. It glows very significantly off of you. So it's a privilege to have you here. Until next time, always ride the wave of life and always play big.